It's time to travel with Anita. From across town to around the world, she covers it all. Spanning the globe for more than four decades, Anita has been to over 100 countries and territories and is the host of the Lowell Thomas Bronze Award-winning podcast, Quarter Miles Travel. From load transportation fares to travel insurance concerns, safety to savings, Anita gets you there and back with a smile along the way. Now, here's the host of Travel with Anita, Anita Thomas. Hello, 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 and welcome aboard. Travel with Anita and friends. Now, if you know me, you know I love to cruise, and today's show is about one of my favorite cruise lines, and one that I have cruised with the most. I've set sail with Holland America Cruise Lines six times, and each sailing has been an experience filled with delicious cuisine, exciting and spectacular entertainment, adventurous excursions, and destinations that are high on what I call my must-go list. So you see, Holland America is definitely my favorite cruise line. Their ships are considered mid-sized, with passenger counts around 2,000, so not a whole lot of people. And I enjoy that, enough that I can make some new friends on board, but not so many that I feel that I get lost in the crowd. And I'm always excited to get on board and experience the entertainment. That is one of my favorite things about this particular cruise line. And while different ship categories will feature different entertainment, there is always a thrilling schedule of fun and exciting options for you to enjoy. So on today's show, I wanna talk with members of the crew from my recent selling, where I asked them about my top reasons for Holland America being my favorite ship, which of course is the entertainment, the worldwide itineraries, the top choice excursions in each port, and you gotta know what my next one's gonna be, the food. You know, I'm always talking about that. Their culinary choices are not only delicious, but allow you to also experience food options based on the destinations you'll visit. So come along with me today. I talk with those who know it best. So let's start with entertainment. It's Holland America, so you'll definitely have your dancing shoes on with their entertainment. I talk with Philip Morganman, who is the entertainment director. I asked Philip to share with us some of the different entertainment experiences we can have based on the ship and the sailing categories. Here's what he had to say. Of our billboard on board, obviously. BB um, King's Blues Club is still around on the Signature and Pinnacle class. On the Vista class, we now have the Rolling Stone Rock Lounge, which is what you'll see here, which is different than the Rolling Stone Rock Room if you've been on our Pinnacle class. So on Pinnacles, we have BB King's uh, Blues Club and the Rolling Stone Rock Room. Uh, on Vista, we now have the Rolling Stone Lounge, which essentially took kind of the best features of both of them and married them together. Uh, the BB King's Blues Club partnership uh, was great, but it came with a, a specific playlist, a specific curation of songs, and the Vista classes are now doing uh, predominantly longer voyages most of the year, so they wanted a band that could expand a longer rep. So our Rolling Stone Rock Lounge band here, if you look, one night they'll do a country set, one night they'll do an acoustic set, uh, one night they'll do a singer-songwriter set. Um, you know, which will uh, be more like, you know, maybe Carol King, something like that. So they'll, they, uh, it, it kind of expanded the rep and type of genres they can play uh, for cruises that aren't predominantly seven day uh, repeat cruises. I have to tell you, you have really good talent on board with the BB King oh, and with the you. Rolling Stones Club. 
So how do you guys go about finding this talent? Do they come to you guys or so you we guys have casting partners at home uh, or at sorry I should say on land and it depends on which partnership. So if it's BB King's Blues Club, it's with a company called Beale Street Blues out of Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, the Rolling Stone Rock Lounge is through a company and our dancers through a company called RWS that's based out of New York. Uh, our Billboard on Board duos are sourced out of a company called Windish Music, which is actually in Pennsylvania. Very excellent. Um, uh, yeah, they're, they're, these two are a special mm -hmm. pair. Um, and uh, so depending on which group, uh, we work with a casting partner on land who, who auditions, rehearses them in studios there, and then sends them out and we install them here. And that's for our resident entertainment groups. And then the longer the voyage, uh, the more we have guest entertainers, and those are booked by someone in our corporate office. So that may be a, a certain kind of instrumentalist, a singer, a magician, a comedian, um, because we can't, you know, we have, uh, the, the dance troupe lives on board. They do those shows every voyage. But if we have a 14, an 18, a 30-day voyage, obviously the dance troupe can't cover all those nights. So we bring on a rotating, visiting roster of entertainers, and those are booked by someone in our corporate office. I was in Memphis and saw one of the ladies that I'd seen on one of the previous cruises. Yeah, they yeah. do all work mm -hmm. in the actual BB King's Blues Clubs on land, yeah. uh, which is nice. So they, uh, and a lot of our performers will work on land, and sometimes they will take <coughs> a few gigs on land, take take a half a year, a year off, then come back on board. Um, and we've tried to structure it so we can get the best talent possible by giving them that flexibility. I asked Philip to share some of the things that can be done on board if you're traveling with your family, with the kids. And he shares what's on board the Usterdam, which is the ship we were selling on when I had a chat with him. So this ship is the only ship right now, uh, us in the Eurodam, that has the high score game room. Okay. Um, so which we are, we are a little different than the rest of the fleet. So the rest of the deep uh, fleet has the kids club, um, which has a little children's area, a tweens area, and then a teens area. Um, this ship specifically has a small children's area, and then we have the high score game room, uh, which is for everyone uh, who's not a little, uh, littles are seven to, uh, three to nine, sorry. Anyone nine and up can use the game room, and then we run certain activities with our kids' counselors outside of there. So we may do, you know, teens basketball, or uh, tweens scavenger hunt, or uh, we do a teen, a teen movie night occasionally, so uh, it depends on, not, not everything takes place in that game room uh, on this ship. Uh, we will use, utilize the rest of the ship, whether that's a movie night or a basketball tournament or a scavenger hunt or ping pong uh, or uh, trivias or something like that that are geared specifically toward whatever age group. Um, the rest of the fleet, aside from us in the Eurodam, has the three dedicated kids areas um, we are uh, one of only two ships that has the high score. Now they won't do dual activ organized activities, it's just that they're all allowed in the high score game room ah, together. Okay. So if we do a basketball tournament, for example, that will not be for tweens and teens. It okay. will be either teens or tweens. And under supervision. And under supervision with the host, yeah. We also bring on, um, depending on the kid count, we will grow the staff of kid counselors, depending on the kids. So if there's 300 kids, we may have six kids counselors. If there's, if there's only gonna be 50, we'll have three. Um, and that changes based on seasonality. And in terms of entertainment, you know, we will always have multiple live music groups performing every night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they do have a rotation of days off, but every night there will be multiple music groups performing of the ones on board. 
Um, there will usually be a show of some kind in the main stage uh, or a presentation. So we always have something to do, uh, usually a few different choices of, uh, depending on what your vibe or style is. So maybe you just want a cocktail and some conversation uh, in the ocean bar, so you want that quiet or just soft jazz music in the background. Maybe you want you know, to sing along with the dueling pianos. Uh, it kind of depends on what your aesthetic is, but we do always have multiple options for you within the evening. Um, but as I said, yeah, we usually uh, gear it more toward where you're going to go and what's going to happen that yep. day. So if, uh, you know, for example, we had the DJ outside in Croatia because it was nice and we put him on the pool deck at night. We don't do that all the time. Uh, we did it that night because we thought it was a nice, uh, it was a nice thing to do based on the port. Uh, we have, um, uh, we put on uh, 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 our in tandem show on night one in the theater because we were sailing away at four o'clock and we wanted people to have something high energy to kick off their, their week with. Um, so we try to tailor the entertainment scheduling based on the ports and what people will be doing, how tired or not they will be. So when you're in Tahiti, we bring on a, a, a Tahitian dancer group. When we're overnight in Honolulu or late, we bring on a, a hula group. Um, you know, here when we're in Istanbul, we bring on a Turkish musicians uh, and belly dancer uh, local group. So. We will bring on a local enrichment act of some kind, uh, if we have late night ports usually. Um, and then we also will uh, rotate out about three or four guest entertainers, depending on uh, when we're hitting a, a hub, uh, uh, every, I'd say, week to 10 days. That's a great entertainment. And I was on the Oosterdam, one of their Vista-class ships. Mm, definitely bringing the high style and great entertainment. I'll stop here, but I'll be back in a few minutes here on Travel with Anita and Friends. When you're ready to have a great time, it usually involves having a great meal. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. And when you decide to set sail on the high seas, you definitely want to have some great food. Cruise ships are known for delicious meals. And one cruise line in particular, Holland America knows how to do it right. I had a chance to sit down with General Hotel Manager Darren David Lewis to talk with him about some of the behind the scenes activities on board a big cruise line like Holland America, how they go about sourcing their meals, how they go about selecting chefs, and a lot more. First, I wanted to know how they go about training and hiring their chefs. So here's my conversation with Darren David Lewis. Yeah, the culinary school is uh, a mix of pastry and um, it starts with assistant cooks and goes on to um, chef de parties and what we try to do is send our, our chefs, our corporate chefs, to those countries to do interviews as well. We also do interviews in Europe um, for higher positions. Um, we have a very good culinary team. Um, I think with what we've done in the past with our food and our menus, have you enjoyed the food on board? Yes, yes. And it is probably one of the best on the seven seas. I'm not saying that because I work for the company, I'm saying it because it's true. A lot of people, the Pinnacle Grill, the Canaletto, the Tamarind, um, these are concepts that have been well thought out, well thought through, taken a long time to put together and if you take for instance the tamarind then we will go to Singapore or we will go to uh, Asia and we will try and get chefs 
from those regions to do that food. Um, having said that we have Filipinos and Indonesians on board, we also have Filipino team chefs uh, for both, for Filipino and Indonesian food, so that they are accustomed to their food downstairs. They can eat their their rice and their and their dishes, and um, it works well. We have. I think seven cooks downstairs that do a total of 400 uh, meals, uh, nearly four times a day for them, um, and that works well. And we have Alaska menus, we have Mediterranean menus, we have Caribbean menus. So we have cycles from seven to 14 days, and we can mix those cycles uh, to match the itinerary if it's a seven day if it's a 12 day a 10 day or a 12 day or a 14 day so there's a lot that goes into it the culinary department is uh, is very uh, very big and a lot of moving parts to it and we have a bakery it's 24 hours okay. there are five bakers downstairs one baker and assistant bakers they make all the dough uh, all the all the bread the proving we have one bakery oven. You would think that we'd have more, but we only have one that rotates and everything is done in that oven. And they, these guys do an amazing job down there. The pastries are all made. Um, so, you know, when you see those breads on the line, those, those, and the breads really do look gorgeous. Uh, we make German bread, we make French bread. Um, so, soda breads, pizza dough, everything. And we also make the um, the buns for the dive in. Have you had a burger here? Yeah. Yes. What did you think? The brioche is good. And they're made fresh. Do you do any local sourcing of uh, foods? We do, we have local fish. We normally get it in Turkey, Italy, Greece, uh, Holland. England, we have vendors, uh, they send us the prices and then uh, we get a lot of fresh fish. Uh, for the Rudy Sodomer, we used to get fresh Dover sole, uh, which is my favorite fish. Um, it all comes on board, so we try and stay as fresh as possible. Um, does the chef go off ship sometimes to go to the yes, markets? Yes, he does. Do you offer any excursions ever where they don't, we're off? working on it. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, yeah, because other cruise lines are doing that as well, they're taking um, they're taking the guests and with them to the market. Mm -hmm. We do have one excursion in South America where you go to a very famous um, chef in South America and he will take you then to the market and then he'll take you back and you'll cook it with lots and lots of wine <laughs> um, of and then you'll eat it and then you come back to the ship and the guests have said that this excursion was the best. Guests were just over the moon when they did that. Every single one of them came back and said it was fantastic. In Alaska, you can do fishing where you catch a fish and the chef will make it on board for you. Mm. You can also go out and do, I went on excursion once uh, for halibut. Um, it was two couples and myself when I, when I went there and they take you out the whole day. Um, you're allowed to catch two halibut the rest you have to put back. I'm not kidding you, I caught one and it was 
about half the size of the table. Wow. And um, <clears throat> sometimes they have to shoot them because if you bring them in the boat, it will break your legs. Wow. Break your legs, it will break your arm. They're so strong. Um, and that was an experience. Ask Daryl to share with us how the various ports influence our culinary choices. Uh, in Turkey, we have the Turkish dinner. We, we get the, um, the flatbreads, um, the kebabs, the kebab meat, the suchuks. We get it all on board. And we try and give you that Mediterranean experience on board so that you don't have to go out to the cities. You can come back and experience, um, but it's always nice when you go out and experience the city. But uh, we try and give you that experience on board as well, especially in the Mediterranean. While I had Daryl's ear, I asked him to tell us about Holland America's Mariners program, which gives you some very special amenities. Uh, so for the Mariners program, at different levels, you have your course what all Mariners like, from uh, being a four-star Mariner, free laundry, <laughs> which you think is not a big thing, but it is a big thing. Uh, you have benefits, you can have, um, you can book um, certain itineraries, third and the fourth come free uh, if you reach a certain level. This is over the, the, the three, four, five star level. You also get discounts on shops, you get discounts on your um, on your bookings, on your on your meals at the the speciality restaurants. Um, onboard credits which can vary from $50 to $500 um, so the Mariner program really does offer a lot and there's, there's so much more. And there are more ways to grab some of those great amenities on board with the Orange Club only offered on Holland America. Yeah the Orange Club is um, something that our uh, food and beverage director at the uh, well at the time put in uh, the Orange Club gets you into um, a seating area. It brings you forward into the into the lines. You become an Orange Club member. You get an Orange Club bag. Uh, you get an Orange Club badge. Um, you have priority check-in in the front office. You have priority check-in in the uh, speciality restaurants, um, and some benefits on savings for uh, Cabana and booking more specialty um, restaurants if they're on board like Tamarin, Rudy Seldomir. We don't have them on here but uh, Pinnacle. So that is basically our Orange Club. Is there a cost? There is a cost and they're paying per cruise 250 more. Oh, okay so you, you pay per cruise? Correct. It's not like a program that you you can book the Orange Club. Delicious cuisine, specialty restaurants, and fabulous, fabulous amenities. You can have it all on board Holland America. I'll stop here, and when I come back, let's discover some of those amazing destinations you'll find on their website, hollandamerica.com. Back in a few minutes here on Travel with Anita and Friends.
most of us, we have a long, long list of places around the world that we'd love to visit. Some people call it a bucket list. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. Now, I don't call mine a bucket list. I call it a must-go list, which is virtually the same thing. (laughs) It's a list of places that you want to make sure you get a chance to go and see them, experience them, and come back and have wonderful lifelong memories. Onboard Holland America, they have an amazing, amazing amount of options for you to choose from when it comes to itineraries going around the globe. I had a chance to sit down and talk with Andre Tuchiro, who is the future cruise consultant on board my cruise on the Oosterdam. Now, he has some really interesting information to share with some upcoming, really fascinating cruise itineraries. I want to pass it over to him because I think he can tell it best. Here's Andre. But I want to know about these legendary itineraries because these sound exciting. I might need to chat with you about something for next year. Yeah, absolutely. We have a lot of different itineraries coming up and a lot of different cruises as well. Uh, the Basically, the legendary voyages are more extensive voyages. Uh, I'm going to give an example. Uh, in January 2025, we're going to have a round trip Singapore all the way around Indonesia, going all the way down to Great Bear Reef. And we also have a stop at Timor East as well in Delhi. So a lot of people, they try to uh, check off on their list new itineraries and new places to go. So that's definitely one of them. We have also another big one as well. That is the Amazon Cruise round trip for Lauderdale, 28 days. So then you don't have to fly all the way down South America. Very easy, you, you cover a lot of the islands in the Caribbean, and then you go into the Amazon River, all the way to Manaus, the capital of the Amazon, overnight, then head back up to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, another option as well, for those who doesn't want to do a transatlantic flight, they're gonna be round trip Seattle to Japan, 52 oh. days, yeah. Go all the way up to Alaska, going to Japan, all the islands, through Hawaii and back to Seattle as well. So we have big, massive trips coming up. And just came up two days ago, the 28-day Greenland and Iceland round trip Dover or Rotterdam. uh, And that's going to be on the new Saturn, one of our pinnacle class. So yeah, big Mm. excitement going. Mm. Definitely, definitely exciting. But now uh, all of these are starting in 2025 or some in 2024. What's what's the scheduling? Yeah, the first one is actually going to be happening in 2024. So February 2024, uh, the Amazon cruise, uh, because that one's been so popular, they put a another one February 2025 but then after that one the very first one is going to be happening in September so that is the one that is a round trip Seattle going to Japan Hawaii and back to Seattle after that one we also have the Australia circumnavigation for 35 days Uh, we had a few years ago but now back by popular demand is also coming back in November next year Uh, and a lot of people sometimes they want to travel all the way to Australia so they already start their voyage in Vancouver or Seattle all the way down to Australia and then they do the circumnavigation so 2024 2025 so are you anticipating that there will be a certain type of passengers or what uh, who are you marketing to definitely our extensive voyages usually they're more towards our mariners uh, usually four or five star mariners the the ones who like to be on board the ship a little bit longer and also like sea days um because i just give an example the 35 day circumnavigation australia you do hit a lot of ports but also you do have a lot of sea days between the ports mm-hmm. as well so it's a nice combination you can do ports and sea days so you have a little bit of a balance so that's great and what kind of things will we be doing we 
You notice I said we. <laughs> what, what type of things will we be doing on board on those sea days? Since you have a couple of them. Yeah. So basically, during the sea days on those long voyages, we do have a lot of port lectures about the ports itself, about the communities we visit. Um, most of the time as well, when the port lectures, they come, I'll give an example. Usually when we do Asia, we do have a specific person from Japan that comes on board and talks about the culture on, on the place. Uh, basic example, uh, a lot of people, they think, well, like when they go to Japan, it's very common for us to tip the guides or mm-hmm. if you go to a bar and stuff like that. But in Japan, it sounds, it's a little bit rude if you tip extra yeah. because they think that the salary itself it's already enough mm-hmm. so all those things that actually get yourself ready oh, when you go and visit things. the port yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Love that. <laughs> I love that and what about uh, some other things what are that are, might be interactive like cooking classes or making crafts or things so any, anything like that yeah we we have the arts and crafts on board uh, we do have cooking classes so basically, it's sort of like a show where you can see the chef coming and they tell you exactly what they're going to cook for that day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes also we have one of the team members, the crew, coming over and also showing their uh, cuisine as well that they do back on board. Uh, we do have a lot of um, Indonesians and uh, guests, uh, crew from the Philippines as well. So usually they come and join the show and then they, and they pretty much show the guests what they cook back home. So it's a very nice interaction between the guests and the crew. Well, it sounds like, you know, those 28 days or, you know, more are going to go fast. There's a lot to do on board and certainly <laughs> seeing all of the things in, uh, in each of the ports. Absolutely. When you blink, it's time for you to book your another cruise again. Uh, the one thing I hate about about going on cruises is that day when it shows up on your in your room, you know, all of your disembarkation <laughs> no steps. Right. I'm like, no, that cannot be happening. How come? That is not good. Yeah, in the blink of an eye. <laughs> in the blink of an eye. Yeah. But how's it going? I mean, how are you filling up the ships? How's it going? Yeah, we are doing really, really good. Uh, we have cruises for 2025. They're pretty much sold out already. Uh, our 28-day Alaska for 2024 round trip Seattle going all the way up to the Arctic Circle. That cruise for 2024 is pretty much sold out. So, yeah, and again, because a lot of people are booking, they're already putting out as well for 2025 at the same time in June. So we are doing really, really, really good. Yeah. All right, so folks are listening then, I'm sure that they're ready with, you know, all that we've talked about, you know, through the whole show. So how can they start taking a look at some of these um, itineraries and start planning for yeah. 2024 and 25? So basically everything is going to be listed on our website. Once you go on the Holland America website, you just go to plan a cruise and then over there is going to give you different regions, time, duration of the cruise that you're looking for, what kind of ship you're looking for as well. So all dates are going to be there. And then once you have an idea, you can go back to a travel agent, book through them. And also it is great once you come, you're in the next adventure as well. You book on board because there's a lot of different perks that you can get from. And on top of that, you when you actually you decided to book a cruise while you're on board, it's a small deposit. You got extra on board credit. You keep working with the travel agent back home. So you got both of the, the best words. So you got the onboard one and also you got everything from your travel agent as well. All right, so what's their website? So the website is uh, com, and over there you can see all the different voyages that we have, kind of rooms, duration of your trip, and then you can design uh, pretty much as much as you want. Okay, who's ready to go? I have my hand up. I'm definitely ready to go. But now he mentions those really long, extensive cruises. If you're still wanting to do a shorter one, like seven days, those are available too. So check out the website, 
HollandAmerica.com. But now when we're selling, we also want to do some excursions. So I had a chance to also talk with one of the crew members that's in charge of making sure that you have a great, memorable time off the ship. Maria Fusco, the excursions director, gives us some pointers on booking our excursions. Here's my conversation with Maria. But I want to start off by asking you for some tips along mm. the way in choosing an excursion because a lot of times I know for myself and probably some of my listeners, you know, I look at the excursions and I just say, oh, that one sounds good. Oh, that one sounds good. And I just choose from that. But I think it's a little bit more involved than yeah. that sounds good. It's very much. It's more involved. The thing is, is to try uh Remember exactly what you can do. I mean, if you go on a bike tour, you have to have ridden a bike before first grade, after first grade, I should say, right? Um, know your limitations. If you're using any form of wheels or you have like canes or mobility issues, come and see the short excursion staff on the ship. They will be able to tell you which tour is suitable for you that you will get the most fun out of. Rather than start thinking you're going to do like climb the Acropolis, you can't make it, so you're sitting at the bottom, the rest of the group has gone to the top, and you're just waiting until they come back. And it sounds like, you know, that's really the key is because when you come on vacation, you're coming for fun. You're not coming to be disappointed. Exactly, exactly. And also, you don't want to waste your money. Maria's starting us off with some really great tips. Now I'll stop here, but when we come back, I'm bringing Maria back here on Travel with Anita and Friends. Cruising is not only about having those wonderful times on board, it's also about getting off the ship and having an excursion. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. Now, I'm having a great conversation with my friend over at Holland America. I'm talking with Maria, who is the excursions director on board the cruise ship I was just on, the Osterdam. She's giving me some pointers and some tips that I'm now sharing with you so you'll know exactly how to plan the best excursion for you when you're selling the high seas. Here's my conversation with Maria. Now, uh, you can do half-day tours, you can do full-day tours, but the full-day tours, believe it or not, go a lot smoother than a half-day. A half-day, they want to put as much in as possible. So your full-day, either you'll either have time for lunch on your own or you go to a restaurant. But also, it depends really very much. Don't go just because your table mates are going or that. See if you really want to do the tour. Read a little bit about it. Ask questions. Well, you know, a lot of times, too, I think we feel the pressure that it may get booked before we get on board. Mm -hmm. So if we are looking at the excursions, you know, at home, you know, I say all the time, you know, when we look at the brochures or look at the TV shows, that's one thing. But real life is a totally different thing when you get there. So what are some pointers? I mean, should we be trying to book beforehand or what's what's the best advice? Well, let's say, for example, you're going to Greece, you're going to Athens, Piraeus, you want to see the Acropolis. Okay, your basic tour to the Acropolis will have lots of availability. You don't have to stress. But if you want to mix in another element that's a little bit different, might have a smaller capacity, then you might have to think about that beforehand. If you're going to do the basic tour, then generally you can still book right up to two days before. And even if it's sold out, ask, always ask if you can go standby right at the time they're boarding the buses. Very often I can find a couple of places here and there. 
yeah. I never think about that. Yeah, yeah. kind of standby. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's sometimes people don't show up. Oh, that's true. They don't show up. And then if people are on a wait list, they very often say, well, can you put me on a wait list? Yes, but we can't contact you the morning of because we're out busy mm. organizing groups to get them on the coaches, get them on the way. And that's when we'll always say, just come st- stand by, first come, first served. You know, another thing also to Maria is that when I'm looking at the, the excursions, and I feel like I can pretty much kind of handle myself in most situations, mm. but I do see the different levels. So some are easy, some strenuous, some very strenuous. So how, how much of that should we pay attention to, and how much is really accurate in the descriptions? Okay, if you're going by our company, we do things as um, easy, moderate, strenuous. All right, let's take easy. Easy is minimal walking. Anybody who takes an easy tour just wants to relax, enjoy the view from the comfort of an air-conditioned coach, and mainly it's with people for people who um, they themselves can't move so much. Maybe they have wheels, canes, etc. Uh, moderate, you'll get on and off the bus. You'll have photo stops. You might go and visit a museum. You might have a few steps, something like that. That's moderate. Strenuous. Now here we go go kayaking, you're going hiking. Um, the Acropolis is strenuous because there are no railings to go up to the Acropolis. And the way is with marble steps all the way up. And you have to wear good footwear and all that sort of thing. So yeah, that's what I would call check your activity levels for the tours. Break it down if you want an easier tour. Look for the one person or easy activity and choose from that group. Mm-hmm. Same for moderate and then strenuous. And you bring up another good point too, is that footwear. Mm. I mean, we really need to prepare ourselves for that. Even if you're doing the easy, I would think, because the cobblestone streets in Europe in particular, and not only Europe, I mean, South America has some as well. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. It can be a little tricky. Absolutely, and funnily enough, we were just talking about this today for tomorrow, Santorini. It's gonna be a very busy day, so you've got a couple of choices. You can either walk up, take the the donkey or go in the cable car when you're coming down you've got to be careful because a lot of people wear those flip-flops and it's very slippy the donkeys do the business all the way down as well so you want to be a bit careful right yeah and in roads for example it's another technique that they use in greece is that they put the cobblestones on end so the rounded point on the top can be hard to walk on so always try and wear sneakers. That's your, that's your best bet when you're going out in these European medieval towns, etc. You know, something else I've shared also with the listeners in the past, too, is that, you know, try those shoes on at home and try walking around and seeing how, you know, comfortable you yeah, are. Yeah. If they're kind of slippery on some of the things that are, you know, in your home, you know, wear maybe a day or two out shopping or yeah. running errands and things like that, just to get a feel for it. And if you are slipping a little bit on the stones at home, that might be an indication those are the ones to take. Yeah, and also if, if you bring something out that's brand new, yeah. they might be uncomfortable the first time, so try them off at home. And another good point is I see an increasing number of guests who use two sticks that they wouldn't normally use when they're home. But what it, what it does, it enables them to do a little bit more activity without the cumbersomeness of a, of a walker or these canes. Using these two sticks like ski poles, that's been working really well for some guests. 
You know, that's I hadn't thought about that. But, you know, I did take one of those poles with me when I went to the Galapagos. Oh, yeah. Because someone recommended it, and I was like, I don't need that. But, you know, there's so many uneven, you have to step up a lot of times yeah. with the stones. So having one of those, even mm-hmm. if you are completely fine with your mobility, exactly. helps you balance and not so many falls possibly. Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. I hate to say it, but yes, I do know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. Yes, it comes to us all sooner or later. That's true. It does. It does. And, you know, just working on your balance even a little bit before you go on some of these trips. You know, just a few exercises and things like that at the gym or even in your home. Just to work on your balance a little bit because it can be a little tricky sometimes walking around. Yeah, it definitely can. And you you want to get the most out of your trip. You want to be comfortable. You want to come back enthused and full of excitement because you've enjoyed your day not miserable because you've thrown away a lot of money that you weren't able to enjoy the tour oh that is so important because at the bottom line of it all we all have to budget a bit for for our vacations exactly and that's why everybody that i work with the whole team they're so experienced even if they don't have the answer They've got access to Google. We'll find it out. Help us out with this. You know, we come with our friends. One person wants to go here. Somebody else wants to go there. There are like five of us, and then everybody wants to go in a different direction. Any tips for solving that, for getting everybody together? Any good tips? Well, if 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 you're all booked on the same tour, right? So what we do here with Holland America, what we do is we have a sticker system. So the color of the sticker is the tour. The number is the number of the bus, right? Very simple. If you find your group of friends, you've got different colored stickers, different numbers, you're not going to be together. So you need to check in together. Find something, oftentimes a group will, two will want to go off this way, another party will want to go off that way, and meet up at the end of the day and compare experiences. That's a great way to chat and sort of just enjoy the evening. And meet some new friends. I think cruising is all about that. Of course it is, yeah. Really, that's the easiest way. Plus, every day you wake up, you're in a different, maybe a different country. Yeah. Oftentimes, right? As good as we are. Yeah. And then, as you say, you've made new friends. Every excursion you make friends. Um, You're never lonely on a cruise ship. But it's improving all the time. So you've got the Holland America Line websites. You've got the Friends of Holland America. Your social media. TripAdvisor. Yeah. They come on board. They have their own section as well. They, uh, they'll talk about all the cruising and everything. Listen to other people who've been on cruises. Yeah. But remember one thing. If you're going to go on tour, do try and take a tour from the cruise ship. And the reason for that is because if anything happens, we know where you are. Mm-hmm. We know where you are and we will wait for you unless you're going to be really, really, really late. But then everything's taken care of, right? The the flights are taken care of, you come and join the ship again. But basically, I've never known that to happen Mm -hmm. in all my years. But the thing is, if something does happen, if there's a bus breakdown, you're going to be late. We tell the captain, he waits for you. That is probably one of the best tips right there. I I should have asked that earlier because that is so, so true. I've heard of people taking Mm. outside tours. Something happens. They miss the boat. They miss the ship. And then they're upset as well. Why are they away from me? Well, they didn't didn't know where you were. Well, let me tell you something. When they say all aboard, let's say we're going to sail at 5 o'clock. And then they say, right, all aboard is always half an hour before. 
why because it takes that amount of time to get the engines running mm. so if somebody is late and we don't know where they are they've gone away independently that's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars waiting for that person they're not going to do that mm-hmm. that's why people get upset because they didn't watch the time or allow enough time to come back so always if you can holland america it takes away the stress you've got your quality you're insured that's mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm. and if you want to cancel a tour try and give us as much time as possible we'll always try and work with you mm-hmm. the idea is that we want you to come back it's not all about today it's about tomorrow as well and now's the perfect time to start your tomorrow on board holland america visit their website hollandamerica.com thanks for joining me today i'll be back in two weeks with another great destination bye-bye You've been listening to Travel with Anita. For more, log on to her website, travelwithanita with two ends.com, and listen to her award-winning podcast, Quarter Miles Travel, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Anita will be back in two weeks with another exciting adventure for you and your travel buddies. So keep those passports updated and remember to always travel safe and travel smart. Right, Jack? Uh, uh, uh.